Hello and welcome to The Last Looks Podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to The Last Looks Podcast, Melanie. Thanks, Jamie Lee. I'm excited to be back. Now, last week you shared with us how amazing Hask's Biotin Boost collection is. Today, can you talk to us about another Hask hair care collection that hairstylists trust to use on set and that consumers love? Of course, I'd love to. First, I want to point out that Hask is a problem solution hair care brand that offers a wide variety of collections for consumers. Stylists and consumers alike have come to trust Hask's high-performance solutions that deliver healthy, gorgeous results every time at price points that are a steal. It's important to know that all of our formulas are free of the bad stuff, including sulfates, parabens, phthalates, gluten, and aluminum starch. The brand is also cruelty-free and Leaping Bunny certified. And, oh yeah, I forgot something really important. Because of our ingredient-inspired collections, the product fragrances are absolutely incredible. Oh man, I love a product that smells divine. They are really terrific. One of our original collections is also one of our best-selling collections, Argan Oil. This collection consists of five SKUs that are designed to strengthen and repair dry, damaged, frizzy hair. First, there's the shampoo, which works to revive and restore your hair's health. It's infused with argan oil to help repair breakage and smooth split ends. Next, you have conditioner, which detangles and moisturizes while helping to protect against breakage. Rehydrating and repairing damaged hair takes work. Using a deep conditioner is a miracle worker. The Argan Deep Conditioner should be considered a staple in every hair care regimen and should be used a minimum of twice a week for better results. Regular and consistent use of deep conditioners leaves damaged hair shiny, frizz-free, and feeling silky soft. I feel like this would be a great option to use on talent's hair to prep to go under a wig. I always like to use a little conditioning treatment so their hair is being nourished while it's under a wig all day. That's definitely a great idea. And we also have two argan-focused styling SKUs. First, you have the argan shine oil. This product is your rescue for frizzy and damaged hair. It's a lightweight, alcohol-free oil, which absorbs instantly to provide frizz-free shine without leaving an oily residue. And you can use it on either wet or dry hair. Argan oil is rich in essential fatty acids and penetrates hair to restore beautiful shine and provide soft, silky results in dry and damaged hair. Then you have our Rockstar, Hask's Argan 5-in-1 Leave-In Conditioning Spray, which is an incredible primer for hair. In fact, this is our number one selling SKU, so there's something that everyone is loving about it. This specialty blend of ingredients, including argan oil from Morocco, is designed to pack your strands with moisturizing and conditioning agents that help restore dry damaged hair. And it provides five benefits in one product. This SKU conditions and detangles, adds shine, repairs and controls frizz, provides thermal protection, and moisturizes to prevent breakage. I love it. Melanie, thanks to you and Hask for being part of the podcast today. I'm enjoying learning about the Hask collections. Jamie Lee, it was a pleasure to be here today. Let me leave you and your listeners in the industry with this. The Hask brand welcomes the opportunity to continue building our relationships with the Hollywood styling community. If we can support a project you're working on, send us an email at hask at stonemanagement.net. We'd be happy to help. And now, our feature presentation. Today, I'm speaking with hair designer Dean Banowitz and makeup designer Tonya Green. This dynamic duo have worked on shows like America's Got Talent, So You Think You Can Dance, and X Factor. We chat about what it takes to run such creative and challenging shows, how important planning is, and they share some of those uh-oh moments of crossing fingers and praying it works. Pictures up. Last looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Talks podcast, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, thanks. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. Hey, now you guys have worked together designing a long list of shows like American Idol, So You Think You Can Dance, The X Factor, and A Christmas Story Live, just to name a few. I want to know how you guys met and what was the first show you designed together? Um, Tanya, we met on American Idol, didn't we? Wasn't that the yeah. show? Yes, yes. Back in... 2006, I think it was season five. Dean was the department head for hair, and I had come in as an assistant to the lead at the time, who was Mishkan. 
and her cousin and I were good friends, Amy. And I was from, or I was living in San Diego at the time, and she basically was starting a makeup line and was like, if you ever move back, you know, it's right when reality TV was just starting. And mm. so there was kind of a, a a line of, you could have so many people that were in the union and then so many people that were not in the union from what I understand. So I was able to come on and start assisting. And that was where I originally met Dean. Because I think, you know, I think too, when, um, you know, reality shows started, there wasn't really a category for them to go into. So mm -hmm. it, that's why, you know, the contracts were so awkward because it, a lot of it was union, but there was a lot of it that just, that wasn't. And so that was super confusing. And then I think once it found its place, and I think that wasn't even until probably season six or seven, where it actually went full union. So was it helping people get their days to get into the union or? Yes, those days, you were already union. Those days did yeah. count for for me getting into 706. Oh, that's awesome. That's very good. So what was the first show that you ended up designing, Tonya, with Dean? X Factor. That was the first adventure. Yes, X Factor. <laughs> oh, God, that show was hard. It was so hard. And I think that that's probably, I mean, we knew each other, but, you know, I wasn't the lead on Idol, so I didn't really interact with him you know, on that kind of level. So this was the first time that we were both going to be collaborating as far as looks and, and, you know, what kind of story narrative we wanted to create with all of these performers coming in and the background dancers. And, you know, there was just, it was a really ambitious show. There was so many people and so much turnaround and everybody had a full on look. Like it was on Idol, they would come out and you'd kind of gradually get to, you know, the, the performer, you know, they'd go through the star wash, as they say, or whatever. But on X Factor, they came out and they were supposed to be superstars from the very moment they hit the stage. Right. <laughs> it was interesting because the one thing that was, you know, described to me with X Factor is they said every single performance is going to be an award show performance. So, like, anything you would see for the opening number of the Academy Awards or whatever, that's their focus. And that was their focus. And it was a lot. Every single number. I mean, I loved it. I loved it, too. It was just a lot of work. <laughs> I think I think in our line of work, we, we tend to gravitate towards that kind of stuff anyway, don't we? It's like we and like I, to be busy. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I should, when, I, when I say it's a lot of work, I mean, doing the hair and makeup, that's our passion. Mm. But work was dealing with, this team member or this creative or this contestant, oh, I don't like that. I don't feel comfortable. You know, those sorts, that's where it becomes work is just navigating and kind of negotiating personalities and also creative needs. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, how important is it to you guys for your departments to work together as a team? Very. <laughs> well, it's so crazy. Necessary. You know, and it, well, and what's, What's so interesting, well, for me, kind of my uh, my guideline for that is I always think of it as 80-20. As long as I'm happy with 80% of my creative and I can be flexible with 20% for, you know, with makeup and, and wardrobe and vice versa. You know, Tanya might be like, Dean, I want to really do something great. Applique on this eye. Can you make sure that we have the face free? And I'm like, absolutely, because that's just another creative direction for me to make sure all departments kind of get what they are really needing to really emphasize their look too. Well, and sometimes I think, you know, I'll know that I need a little bit more time with someone or Dean will know that he needs a little bit more time. And it's like, Hey, can I get them first? Or can we just get to this point and then we can jump in and do it together. And I think we're both really receptive to that. And it's never like a, Oh no, I need them. I need my time. It's, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. How are we going to do this so that we can just get to the end goal? You know? Right. Yeah. And so I guess that trickles down into your team members, right? So what are you looking for when you're finding artists to crew a show? Well, for me, my biggest thing too is it depends on the show. Do you know what I'm saying? So if it's like, so you think you can dance, I need someone who's going to be quick on their feet because it's a live show. And literally that show is like Broadway on crack. You've got six minutes to do full hair, makeup and wardrobe changes. So Team member wise, I need someone who's going to be quick, but really super efficient as well. Um, and the, you know, the biggest thing too, is you got to be kind to each other and you got to be, you got to be worker friendly because there's a lot of times where 
Tanya would be like, you know what, we need to get these eyes. And I'm like, back up, let's let them do what they need to do. But it's just like, how do you navigate a look? How do you, how do you kind of problem solve it before it even happens? That's why rehearsal is so important for me. And just that yeah. team that works together. And, and if somebody on the team was like, well, do we have to do these looks for rehearsal? And I'm like, yeah, because it's rehearsal. That's what it's for. You know what I mean? So I always look for people who are kind, who can just step up to the plate and just make the magic happen. Absolutely. Makes sense. What about you, Tonya? Oh, gosh, so many things. I think Dean made a really good point about it depends on what show it is, because I like to always put people in a position of being able to succeed. So if I have a show that has, you know, really heavy creative and might need a little bit more of like costume character work, then I will, you know, put people that are strong in that nature on my team so that I have the ability to to rely on them for that specific and then if it requires you know strong beauty I just I kind of pick and choose who's where my teams are always kind of different because you know there's there's so many amazing artists out there and and I love to be able to you know kind of use everybody where I think that they'll succeed and you know you need to be able to think on your feet you need to be able to collaborate and you know be creative problem solve and you know not freeze up when something happens you know and just like oh my god what do I do it's like you gotta okay you gotta keep going you can't stop (laughs) you know you gotta, gotta be quick you know some people that they take a long time to, you know, do a beauty makeup and that's fine, but I'll put them on a show where I actually have that in the schedule to be able to do that and take another person and put them on a show where I need things that are super quick, but clean and, you know, and creative all at the same time. So, and I think that energy plays a good, a good part too. Like you need to be able to read a room, read the person that's in your chair. Like these people are all in a competition. So there's a lot of nerves. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of, you know, them in their head, that performance wasn't good in rehearsal. And now they're kind of freaking out. Like you you need to be able to kind of read the person in your chair and know when it's a good time to be, you know, chatty and when it's a good time to kind of just sit back and let them be in their head for a minute and know that that's okay, you know? The other thing, too, that we're both incredibly good about is dividing up, like, a diverse team. Because, you know, when we're we're dealing with contestants from all over the world or U.S. or wherever, we need to make sure that, you know, we have a different just cross-section of people to do multicultural hair, you know, education within the department, too, because you're working with different types of texture, you're working with different ethnicities and so on and so forth. And I always, I always relate it to Yuko, you know, Yuko coach, she was on my team, but she's, you know, Japanese. And I love Yuko. And I I go, Yuko, your extensions are really cute, but they, um, you can see them. And she goes, yes, because in Japan, when you see extensions, it means you have money. And I was like, I wouldn't know that coming from a farm in Iowa. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But I love to have that diversification on a team because it's the knowledge also that just helps you prepare. And when you're doing a live show, every ounce of knowledge comes into play. Those are kind of the characteristic traits too that I'm looking for. Absolutely. That's amazing. Definitely. I didn't didn't know that either. (laughs) No, I, I had no clue. And I was like, oh, it's a cute little knot. And she goes... Yes, because that means I have money in Japan. <laughs> and I was like, okay, awesome. I'm going to start wearing some extensions on the outside of it. That's so. amazing. Awesome. Also, I think something that happens on our sets a lot too is, you know, it's there's only so much time in a day. We're only given so many people on our team and you know, here we are given the schedule of the day and it's like, okay, you get this group for 10 minutes. So with that, I need somebody to be able to be like, I got 10 minutes. What can I do in 10 minutes? And what are the three most important things to address right now? You know, (laughs) so, you know, being able to kind of pick and choose where you're going to start so that you can be finished and done and, and not holding up production in any sense. That's yeah. really important as well. On a project like America's Got Talent or The Four, are contestants look like predetermined from higher up, like in the producer's world? Or are you collaborating like directly with the contestants to come up with their looks and styles? You know, I, th- I think personally the, the best show to really talk about the creatives would probably be So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. You know, because Tanya and myself and, and wardrobe meet with the executive producer and the show choreographer about different looks because each choreographer 
has a specific need for what they want to, you know, portray that that number that's going to be going on. And so we have a week to really kind of search for different concepts and ideas, but also, you know, to reach out to this choreographer and go, okay, for this hip hop number, we get videos also so we can see the aggressiveness of the dance. So mm. I I have knowledge of how I need to lock it down. Tanya has an idea of, oh, these guys are going to be sweating a lot and we're going to have mm. to figure that out. But we, we also look at wardrobe, colors, and concepts. It's one of the, the greatest things about that show, too, is because you get to be really creative. And you have a week to kind of prep and do damage control and try to, you know, like, if somebody says, I want a detachable ponytail, I'm like, great, would you like it detachable from their head, from a, from a hat, from the wall? What would you like it to detach from? <laughs> And we have a week to kind of troubleshoot and figure it out and kind of rig some things to make it happen. But so you think it's usually, don't you think, Tanya, it's usually from the choreographer because they have that image in their head. Conceptually, yeah, you kind of get the the mood that they're going for, you know, the feeling that they want. You know, dance is so, so much of a feeling that it's like, how do we bring that out on our end? And then we also have to go back and again, going back to staging and timing and be like, okay, um, stage manager, how much time do we have to do this? Because then that'll also determine what we end up coming up with. Because it's like, oh, I only have six minutes. I can do this six minute version. If I have 10, 15 minutes, we can do this version. You know, you have to be able to go with the flow and, you know, deal with things changing all the time too. Because I feel like that's a huge part of our form, the formats that we do. Yeah. But you know, the other thing too, that's really important that, I mean, what, what Tanya and I both do is we prep so much that it's almost like you know like okay so we only have those three minutes and tanya's like great i'll prep a piece and i can do it in two and i'm like awesome i can do a hair piece and we can do it in what two and a half right so mm-hmm. it's like you just kind of divide and conquer and you really figure out what you're allowed to do within that time frame but again the most important thing is it has to be locked down and secured so during a dance it doesn't I always just kind of say yes to everything and figure it out later. And I feel like that is the only way that you'll come up with, you know, a way to do something. If you start thinking about how you don't have enough time, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it, then you kind of just end up steering that way. But if you just go yes, and you've told the choreographer, yeah, we can do it. It's like, okay, I got to come up with something. How are we going to do this? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So on a show like that, the contestants, they're pretty much in the hands of the choreographer and you guys. They just hand that look over and trust to everybody else yeah. of how they look. Yeah, because most dancers rely on that look to really portray an image. Just like an actor, mm. if, they're, if you're doing a 40s piece and you're, you know, in, you know, 2020 clothes, it's not going to feel right. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, mm. but, you know, like on American Idol, that's a different situation because they're going out to sing. So mm. we, we'll get an idea and I'll, you know, talk to the contestant about it. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I just don't like the tips of my ears. So if we do this up to you, could we just kind of pin those down a little bit? Or, you know, it's all based on the, the contestant, you know, wishes also. Because when you look good, you feel better. When you feel better, you're going to perform better. And so that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking for is to just make them look awesome and feel awesome. Yeah, you don't want them going out there thinking about what they look like or, you know, conscious of anything. You want them to be able to put 100% into their performance, whatever that be, a dance, a song, you know, an act or whatever. So you want to make sure that they're comfortable with what you're doing and kind of talk it out. And if there's an issue, then we just go back. Like I said, you got to be willing to change, go back to the producers, be like, hey, they kind of want to do this. What do you think? Here's a version we can do, you know, and and just come up with a solution that way so that at the end of the day, everybody's happy. Yeah, because I guess on with the with the singing ones as well, I mean, ultimately you guys are kind of steering them into the direction of what their image could be once they like if they win that and then go on to actually you know become a pop star or whatever it is that direction that they're going in you're kind of the beginning of that image for them right yes how awesome is that yeah (laughs) what an opportunity for us you know and it's a great opportunity for them to kind of play with their look and experiment and do fun, different things based on, mm. you know, whatever it is they're singing. I mean, it's really rare that you get that opportunity to have a full team of people go, you know what, today we're going to make you look like you came out of a snow globe. 
<laughs> Which we actually have done. <laughs> Where did that reference come from? I feel like that might have happened. Well, and, and they just look happened. at us. Yeah, they just look at us like we're crazy. And they go, no, legit, you're going to be frosty. Okay, girl. <laughs> uh, oh, I my God. It. We've done so many fun looks. Yeah. Back to just the, the, you know, when it's not a character makeup, but just like a glam makeup. You know, I mm. I also think that, you know, you don't want to change them. That's never the goal is to change them. It's just to get to a place where it's like the best version of themselves or, you know, just find that confidence in them. Just enhancing what's there. Exactly. Enhance the good and minimize the not so good. (laughs) So are you guys doing the judges as well? You guys are responsible for taking care of judges and guests and things? It depends on which show. I have a lot of them where I am doing whoever doesn't have a personal on the panel. Yeah. Um, And then there's other ones where the judges are glams all taken care of and you know, we're just doing the contestant department. And I think too, it really, it does depend on the show too, because, you know, for So You Think, it's, we're hands-on backstage. I don't, it's easier for us to have somebody else stand by for the judges on that show, you know, mm. in particular. But, you know, like there's some shows where I'm, you know, like on Shark Tank, I'm a personal by myself. And so it's just taking care of that, that one it's mm. very different. It's like a good dichotomy. It just depends on the show. Absolutely. Because, I mean, there's some big personalities coming through in those judges' sections, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. My favorite judge has to be Derek Huff because he is hilarious. And he, oh you know God. what? When you work with fun people like that, it makes the show so much more memorable. And, you know, because we're all just creating entertainment to have fun. So when you have someone who maybe has a little off personality you're like oh dang are you gonna have fun on the show mm-hmm. you know <laughs> i love it but it's also knowing when to you know when to speak and just when to listen yeah i mean that's that's what our job entails a lot doesn't it just knowing when to when to push and when to let it go and when to definitely absolutely yeah. So speaking of um, removing ponytails and all these sorts of crazy things, what <laughs> what would have to be like some standout moments that you found the most challenging? Uh, do you want an oh shit moment or oh, do you want yeah. oh, <laughs> like a, oh my God, we did that moment, you know, <laughs> that could go in different directions. <laughs> oh God, I have two oh shit moments that I think <laughs> stand out like big time. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Um, (laughs) one of them was on so you think you can dance and the choreographer wanted these veins done on on the guys and so they were you know painted in red all over their arms and their necks and everything that was exposed and I always try the products I always like make sure that it's going to be you know able to be dance through sweat proof waterproof you know wash your hands see if it comes off and whatever so I thought that it was just going to be great And slowly but surely, they're going through their rehearsals. And well, first of all, we walk in and wardrobe has them in all white. (laughs) So (laughs) all the boys are in white. They have red veins everywhere. And they have to go rehearse a couple times before we even like shoot it. Mm. So it was a a pre-tape and it just started bleeding all over the white, like all of them. They were sweating so bad. It didn't matter. It was waterproof, smudge proof, whatever the hell. (laughs) They just like melted. I was like, oh my God, this just needs to go away. Like, can we just get through this number? Wardrobe was like, um, how do I cover red on white? (laughs) Oh, and I swear, it's like, you know, trial and error. It, there was no reason why it shouldn't have worked. It was, you know, totally tried and true, and it just backfired. And then another was I had to create the world record, Guinness Book of World Record for... <laughs> Do you remember this, Dean? (laughs) No, I do, because that was the only time I've ever wished that I, and I was happy I wasn't Tanya, trying to figure it out. (laughs) 
so just watching from the outskirts. And it was nails. Like it was the world's longest nails. And this woman's nails were like five feet long. Like I don't even know. So I, I called, you know, my special effects friends going, okay, how would we even go about doing this? They ended up making a wire mold. They went out to Vegas, did a wire mold of, of this woman's nails, were able to create them. And so the day of the show, they had to the two imposters they had to put the fake ones on but put mm. them on like acrylics and these poor women had to walk around all day i mean you can't go to the bathroom you can't do anything you've got these five foot long <laughs> nails right and so it's like taking forever and they're like last up in the show and the real woman is there with the two fake women and we're backstage and one of the girls goes to walk up on the stage and she like banged one of the nails on a chair and it went flying across the fucking back of the stage. And I'm like, oh my God, like they're supposed to be imposters and pull these judges that are out there. And so, you know, God bless him. He, Ron goes and he's, he like, you know, reglues it real quick and is just, and we just like literally just prayed, like, please say that they don't knock anything when they go to sit down in their chair and those things just stay on for this next 10 minutes. You know, like ping, 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 ping. And it worked. And you know what you just said, just, you know, wishing just 10 minutes, give me 10 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, for them to stay on. <laughs> my whole thing is too. my, you know, honestly, doing hair for dancing, you know, if there's any kind of headgear that has to be anchored and sewn on, you know, it's mm. all great if you've got hair. But if you don't have hair or you've got a buzzed head, there's been many times where I'm just watching and I, I don't know if I have to vomit or go to the bathroom <laughs> because I'm like, just give me two, just give me 30 more seconds. Do not fall off until just give me 30, please just give me 30 more seconds. Because there's been times where you, I start to see it in a tango and it just starts to shift and I'm like, oh, help me. It's yeah, it, there's, there's, there's definite times where I'm like, I'm going to leave the room because I cannot even watch this. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> but I'll come, let me know when I come back in if I still have a job. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's stressful yeah that's that was red vein day <laughs> it's like i need yeah. to leave i just can't watch the shit show anymore <laughs> <laughs> so beyond repair <laughs> i will say one of the biggest the biggest like moments for me it was x factor and you know x factor creative wise they want you know there's a creative team for this group and the executive producers and so on and so forth the choreographer they you know we want to create this image so we are making this contestant platinum blonde mm -hmm. and so i have a private studio because you know like to be able to do this in a regular salon is just not it's just not heard of because schedules and timing wise because the contestants are always busy so we're at my private studio and um i have a colorist who's doing a retouch on this platinum blonde mm. so midway through the appointment the colorist is like um she's losing some hair I and i was like oh. i go i go okay i mean you know on a platinum mm. you just got to be careful not to overlap mm. and she's a colorist i mean she does this all the time and, and i was like i'm sure it'll be fine and so because i'm working in the house on other stuff that i'm just trying to get ready for the show she comes in and she's she's crying and she goes no there's a lot coming out and i was like we have a live show tomorrow and so i i literally go out to the studio and i'm looking and it was honestly a good six inch circumference of hair gone <laughs> and oh she God. had and she had long hair past her shoulders <laughs> and i remember calling my team megan herrera and i go megan i just got off the phone with the <laughs> the exec in charge of production they are because mm. i had to get some money because i'm like i need to buy a, a massive hairpiece for this because we have a live show tomorrow mm. and i go i go megan here's your budget i go do not even come to that studio until you have a human hair platinum piece because we got to make her look amazing and i spent the majority of the entire night just consoling this contestant i go i promise you i swear on every gay inch of my soul you will look better than you've ever looked in your entire life and she was like okay okay I try. and she was loving all the new looks she was getting with these pieces but i'm telling you i was like and megan herrera she goes 
you know what, Dean? This is why I'm glad I'm not department heading this show. And I was like, just go get your trophies. <laughs> I, go, I go, great, save your chitter chatter and just go get a hairpiece so we can make this magic happen. But that was like the major time where I'm like, what are we going to do? Uh... You divide, you conquer, and you make it work. And no one had a clue. And we hit it from other contestants. We hit it from every, there were literally a handful of people who knew, and that was it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So it's just not what you want to be hearing while someone's yeah doing that in, 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 in the next room. They come out and go, um, is a lot of hair missing? Now, I'm curious as to what area of the head was this? Was it like towards the face or was it around the back or like? It was the crown of her head. Oh, okay. Oh. So was she just wearing top knots a lot? Um, we had a big three-quarter piece. Okay. That we would that we would attach, but we we did a lot of really fun stuff with it. I'm not gonna lie. But then, how was she dealing with it in her own life? Well, because that was that was for the show, and I mm. gave her. You know, we made sure that she had the pieces. You know, so she could she could use them. And oh, nice. now she's you know she's brunette again, and I go maybe one day this will be funny, but I don't know right now. So <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go with it. <laughs> oh bless well good on her for not completely you know that she was able to carry on and get up there and do what she needed to do that's awesome yeah catastrophes <laughs> i mean listen all of them are learning experiences and we chalk yeah. it up and we and i can tell you right now that stuff will never happen again to either one of us yeah right exactly so what were some moments that you were extremely proud of <sighs> i mean i'm sure there's many Snow Globe, which was already mentioned, that was a great one. That one came out amazing. The Fairies, I loved that one. We made what was that on? These were on So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. We did some really fun stuff in that fairy number with all of the characters kind of specialized. You know, it's really it's really fun on shows like that because you know wardrobe is working on their things. You know, Tanya's working on her makeup stuff, and I'm working on the hair stuff, and so collectively like i'm building pieces tanya's doing all these appliques and and just getting all of her makeup stuff ready and wardrobe and it's one of those moments it's hard to explain too because when you look at like all my hair pieces on the table you're like ah they're cute but you know it doesn't complete the look and it's so imperative that you have both makeup wardrobe and hair all together and when you see it come together that's when i have my little you know my little aha moments in the backyard. Oh my God, this looks so good. It looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> because the pieces you're like, uh, and then even like wardrobe, uh, that looks, that looks cute, but I wonder how it's going to look on. And then you see it on and you're like, holy buckets, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love that moment too. Just when it all comes together. And it just kind of feeds us to even, you know, all right, this is raise the bar. We're going to raise it again for the next one. Let's go to this. That's awesome. So what does, like, explain, like, a a week of work on a show like that to me? So are you rehearsing and shooting as the week goes on or is it just rehearsal, 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 and then shoot? Like how, how does it, how does it work? Most of the time we're there just on VTR days, I think. So you think you can dance is the only one where we go in ahead of time and are there for the actual rehearsals, Okay, you know, to have the, the prior conversations and whatnot. Um, well, that one in the world of dance. We do a lot of that on World too. Yeah. Remember the first couple of seasons? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of get an an idea of the staging and all of that. And that helps because it really kind of just triggers, you know, different ideas and, you know, stuff that you wouldn't really think of if you were just looking at, you know, a document sent to you of like, here's the creative. Mm. So you are there to be present and have that feeling and kind of, you know, know what mood or what you're going for but otherwise we're just there on vtr days and sometimes it's just like okay hit the ground running let's just kind of get through everybody as quickly as we can and as efficiently as we can and i mean we just do our best yeah of course i mean what are the setups on shows like that i've never worked on shows like what you guys do so i'm so curious about what your setup is like are you guys in trailers do you have a workroom that you're working together in is it side of stage kind of stuff like What? All of it. All All of of it. (laughs) You you have you got a warehouse in downtown. We'll set up there. Okay. (laughs) You know it's it's interesting too. You know we're just talking about you know that that week long creative wise. So you know so you think we have that creative meeting before a week before the actual show, and throughout that week 
and it's, this is what's really interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just, you know, you just, you only work two days a week. You work all week because mm. the barrage of emails you get from production, like every day we get different video clips of this dance. So now plug in your look to this dance. And, you know, it's like the whole week is kind of your work because of the emails and just trying to keep track of, oh, we're going to cancel the hat on this number. I'm like, okay, where are my notes? I got to cancel the hat. We don't have a hat. So it's like throughout the week, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, absolutely, we can't do this, we can't do that. And I was like, oh my God. And that's why I love to have my key copied because I'm like, just be an extra set of eyes for me. Because mm. when you've got, a, you know, like on World of Dance, I'm like, what the, uh, you know, we had this one group. Well, this is, maybe this is kind of a catastrophe story as well, but I'll, I'll get to it. But you know, we had a group of, you know, Japanese dancers, the Fabulous Sisters, and Oh my God. (laughs) One week they were like, they were like, we, we want all the girls to have bangs. Great. So I, I bought like 14 real human hair bang pieces to use on all of them. And they came in and one of the moms cut everybody's bangs for this look. And you're like, and there was one time they went back to the hotel at lunch, but everybody, I don't know, might be a cultural thing, but they all like showered. And, and it their was look. a look like it was a full uh, on like black lipstick, like <laughs> moody. Everybody had gotten into their full get up for a rehearsal and they went home in the middle of the day because they were minors and all showered and they show back up to set Preach. and the producer comes over and is just like, oh, my God, like, I need your help. What can you guys do? Dean and I were in the middle of the show backstage. I was like, they did what? <laughs> I told them that was okay. <laughs> no, and and when we say a look, like I mean, the hair was all sewn down yeah. in these pieces, and and it was it was this absolute craziness. And but how on earth did they get out of it? <laughs> well, in this particular instance, we had a part of our team still upstairs, part of our team downstairs working at the stage, us working with the judges. This was on on one of those where we had you know a million different locations and it was like all hands on deck like get them get them up into the makeup room and you know that's where it's mm. that your team is really important it's like listen you you literally have 15 minutes to get them back into the look that we did this morning can you do it if you can't do it it's fine but i'm gonna swap you out with this one because i you know what i mean like mm. i just need you to be where your your comfort level is and if you can't take the pressure we'll just kind of move things around and oh that was and, so funny though well, I mean. and, and i mean to answer the original question too it's like it might just be two days that we're shooting but it literally is consuming us for the week and yeah. so it, it really depends on that prep and that's why I do love So You Think because they do give us the day before where we can really kind of start to really finalize and organize those looks because it is, it's so much work that goes into it. You know, I'm always like practice does make perfect. I was in the army and I always talk about being combat ready. Just make sure you're ready for battle and you have all the tools you need because we are Mm going to, we are going to hit this and we're going to hit this hard because we've got X amount of time and I mean, honestly, I feel like we're we're both cheerleaders as well for our team because we have powwows before the show, and we're like, these are the plan of it. This is the creative for this show or for this, you know, this group and this group, and here's how we're going to divide the teams up. You know, we've got three or four different locations just for the show, so I'm going to have you on this soundstage, you on this other soundstage. Oh, you know what? We're also doing some press photos that, that that's going to be in the saloon on the Across back the lot of Universal. <laughs> You know, so it's like, and then you're like trying to organize where your team is and we have flow charts and and that's what's really important. You've got to have teams that talk to each other, both hair, Mm -hmm. makeup, all of us. And we're honestly, and it sounds so cliche, but we are a really big family and we obviously love each other very, very much, but we also trust each other too, because I'm like, listen, I've got my keys handling this and Tony's like, my keys got this too. Let's go over here. Let's, you know, it's like this, a big old checklist of stuff we've got to get done. And when you've got a good team, it just makes your mind a little more at ease. Yeah. I mean, that's huge coordination. We're getting all of that together, it sounds like. Well, and most of the time, we're not just doing one show at a time. A lot of our shows overlap Overlap. and just happen to shoot on different days. So we're able to take on more than one at a time. Oh, my God. So it's... (laughs) (laughs) 
it's like so so you think you can dance in america's got talent is always in the summer at the same time so half the week is on one and then the other half of the week is on the other so do you just have your kit like cut into two or do you pack up or three or four depends on okay Mm -hmm. that's smart oh my goodness wow but it just becomes kind of second nature though too you know what i mean because Mm. the people that we hire they know the the type of show it's not an episodic where we we get to really cultivate one look and keep that character look for you know x amount of weeks and so on and so forth this is you know we create a look that's going to be on stage for three and a half minutes yeah so and then once they're off it's gone onto well the and also how do you deconstruct and get those quick changes on so there's just a lot of planning that goes into all the shows. Yeah, that's a big part of it, too, is like planning one look to the next and knowing where you can take it up to and to mm. be able to take it back down. Like they'll go from, you know, being a bird to the next number being a natural makeup <laughs> to the next number being like, a you know, where it's like, OK, so how do I and then. Obviously, we're not doing all the makeups. It's our teams as well. So mm-hmm. how do how do we work out, you know, getting from one look to the next or taking down a look to the next and having that being able to be translated to somebody else of what you need? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just constantly trying to work out the most efficient way to get well, stuff done. And, you know, you think about it, too, like for World of Dance, we've got big teams of people. Mm-hmm. And I mean... A couple of seats, I'll, I'll have a mannequin head and we'll do literally the style on the mannequin head, show the choreographer and the EP, this is the concept because they some they physically need to be able to see it, especially yeah. how the dance works as well. But, you know, there's there's other key points. So, you know, those powwows that I was talking about, talking with our teams prior to, you know, Tanya might say, listen, this team, it is imperative that the cat eye is prominent. So everybody looks the same, or I could be like, listen, everybody needs to be in a top knot. Within this top knot, it has to be X, Y, Z. So so contestant three, four, and five, they have little to no hair, so they need extensions. How do we build this to make them look like everybody else? And, mm. you know, and Tanya's doing the same thing as well. So it's all of those things just to make sure that our teams are on point, because it's hard to finalize 150 people on a show, and you have, you have to appoint so many different team members just to make sure that that look is executed in the way that has been previously discussed by choreographers and EPs and all the creatives as well. So it's a it's a fine it's a fine tuned machine for sure. Executed and maintained, especially on the yeah. dance ones where you know it's not like we do them and then they go out. They're they're rehearsing, they're backstage, they're doing reality, they're doing this. So it's like a constant upkeep of of what's going on as well yeah so you guys must also have a pretty good gauge of the skill level of your team members right and who's stronger in what areas and things like that to be able to delegate absolutely absolutely yeah 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 yep, yep. yeah i always kind of leave a position or two or when i add you know new people to say where we get an extra person for the day or whatever mm-hmm. i like to kind of bring in somebody new because i like to meet people and you know it's a way to just kind of introduce our format what we need kind of see what their strengths are or you know especially when people are coming from like movies or episodics or sitcom it's just a very different pace so sometimes it takes a minute to like adjust but i love that there's the ability to like introduce people to what we do you know because i think that it's just really exciting and it's fun and it's live and it's hard and it's you know there's just so much that goes into it but i think that it's just a you know awesome when you can bring somebody into our world and you know keep them around if they're not on a, a regular show or a lot of the time so many people are on their shows for months and months and months like we we switch shows every 6 weeks 8 weeks right you know that's all we shoot it for right. so trying to just grab people when they're available and you know have them come and play for a bit it's always nice. And listen, it's it's hard really to book a crew sometimes when it's only one day a week. Mm. And so a lot of times we will use the same people on different teams because if it works for Tanya and I, like, you know, like we were saying before, so you think we'd usually, we would shoot, you know, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday is AGT. So we would have, you know, a lot of people that would cross over different shows because we know they're available and they're not working on a Monday through Friday sitcom or whatever. Yeah, that makes total sense. So with all this 
amazing work that you're doing with people who are like it's high energy these performances the dancing all that type of stuff what are some some tricks that you've learned that you have I guess just implemented into your working structure oh god I don't know I think that every situation's so different it just depends yeah, on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there's so much because it's performers, sometimes it's celebrities, sometimes it's dancers, sometimes it's acrobats, sometimes, you know, like, mm. so I think maybe the the tips and tricks, and I think I said it earlier, is just being able to pick out those key things. Like, you know, you, you got to do be able to just recognize I've got X amount, of, like, it's not always going to be your most perfect best work. It's got to be efficient. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, for, for me doing hair, to pinpoint the style is exactly right with Tanya because it really depends. But I know that if it's a dance show, when there's any shadow of a doubt, I sew it in. Mm-hmm. And we sew, we sew the style in, we'll sew color in, we'll sew dimension in. Because there's a lot of times where, you know, when you're dancing in the hair world, we want to keep it like compact. And so it doesn't move or we want to really anchor those base pieces, but it's just so much prep for, for example, like, I I guess what I want to say is we always have, you know, like painters blue tape, we'll, we'll put that on the wall and we have pre threaded needles so we can just go for a live show. We pull those needles off and, you know, that's one thing that I pulled from the wardrobe department because they do that constantly, but it's those Mm. little tips and tricks that, that really save us. And you know, it's, you know, how do you lock in a, a ponytail? And one of the tips that I use and I constantly talk about is I take cooking, just regular cotton fabric, you know, or cotton thread that you would tie up with chicken legs or whatever you do when mm-hmm. you cook with it. Mm-hmm. But you dip it in water, squeegee it out, and then you tie that around a ponytail as tight as possible and clip those ends because as it dries, it's going to constrict and it's going to get even tighter. Mm. And so it really helps too. And that's a tip that I give all my dancer little girls who have a hard time keeping a ponytail in. But, you know, there's certain things that those tips and tricks that you constantly pull. But again, it depends on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. And I guess, Tonya, you really know your products inside out, don't you? I would imagine, you know, what's what lasts and what deals, you know. What yes, doing. yes. Well, and sometimes, I mean, if you have a quick change, you want something that's not going to take forever to get off, you know, mm. like, so you kind of have to just feel out what exactly your next look is or your next step is if it's something that you're you're doing a quick change or something but you know also with high definition tv and i feel like everything's constantly changing sometimes things work and it's like well this used to work why isn't working now so depending on what your stage lighting is or you know there's so many different factors when it comes to what we do as makeup artists that determines what you use on one show won't work on another show you know yeah i started finding that a lot of like the preps that everybody's has the luminescence in it Mm -hmm. um i started finding i'd go up to someone and they would be like completely matte and it's like what's going on why why are you looking like you're sweating on on camera and i figured out that it was a lot of these like primers that have the luminescence some of these cameras and and stages will actually pull it out from underneath the makeup right wow so it's also just kind of trying to figure out what's happening when stuff's not reading right or working right yeah and then keeping away from that product (laughs) yeah i mean we're just we're constantly learning you know it's you never know enough right gotta keep on it that's awesome hey i wanted to um go over a christmas story live with you guys and how like what is the prep involved for something like that because i mean it's like a movie length musical performance right that's broadcasting live so I'm just curious what your side of things are getting ready for something like that. I think our biggest, and it was something I had never done on another show, but it was such a massive set. There were so many different locations to be in that Mm. what I ended up doing was assigning a makeup artist per stage manager. So that a stage manager, we we would all work to get the the looks done. And then this is your track for the show. So you have everything you need and then you just travel the sets with the stage manager. So it may not be the look you created, you know, originally, but Mm -hmm. we're going to go ahead and stay there. And that way, there was always somebody available from my department to be there for anything that would come up. Yeah. Well, and you know, that show is challenging also because all of those locations Tanya is talking about with the, with the stage managers, there's never, there's never anything really 
inside. Everything was kind of outside. You're around this corner. You're in town square. You know, we were doing hair and makeup in a shed on yes. the lot. And that was, <laughs> and, you know, I remember one of the actors, he was like, he was a boy. And he goes, you know, it's really warm in here. Do you think we, we could turn the air conditioning on? And I go, look up for a second. Do you see all those holes? That's the sun you're seeing. We can't really do much about that. And he was like, oh, okay. So we'll just work quicker. And here's a fan. Um, You know, so you divide and and you kind of conquer that way. And that was the first time too, where I'm like, we're literally changing wigs behind a house in some random yard, you know? So it was just much easier to assign people to the stage manager. So they stayed in that arena, that they stayed in that area. And then we had, I think I had two floaters, didn't you, Tanya, that would just go from from area to area and just double check. I was one of those. Yeah, when there was a big changeover with a lot of people. Yeah, right. So uh, how many times, like, uh, I'm assuming, were you able to rehearse that entire thing? Well, for me, it was probably my least favorite show I've ever done. Just in terms, I've never really had to struggle so much with production to have a full team for the full live dress rehearsals. And it was really, it was frustrating because everybody wants 100%, but you only want to give us 25% of the team and we can't execute those looks for a hundred cast members and, you know, without the proper crew. And by the, by the time, you know, for the live show, yeah, we got our proper crew, but it was almost like you have to fight just to get the manpower that you need. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It's like saying, can you do a full rehearsal, but only have um, 70% of your cast? It's like, no. Well, I think they weren't even, I think there was one point, wasn't it, that they weren't even going to have hair and makeup, but they were going to have a wardrobe and everybody else on a rehearsal day were like, um, first of all, it's a period piece. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a live piece. And like, why don't you think that you need hair and makeup? And like, we're important. Like, (laughs) you've got to like, see the whole thing. We got to be able to time it out and know if we can do what we're, we're planning on doing. Like, yeah. So I think we even had to fight to get in there with everybody. It's our dress rehearsal. It's like our guide to Mm. figure out all of those little intricate details. Like, I mean, half the battle is just, just figuring out where this, Actors are going to go from this point to this point, and now we're, you know, for quick changes in this area. It's just a lot of, a lot of logistics, and Tanya and I are so used to over-planning because mm. we would rather under-promise and over-deliver any day, but mm. we can't do that if we don't have the right support. And so that was frustrating. And you know what? The show went off without a hitch and I was super proud of it after we had finished it, but it was, it was a tough show to do. It was, it was a really tough one. Yeah. I think those challenges when you're dealing with the higher ups kind of fighting for what you need is uh, those challenges aren't enjoyable. The creative challenges, absolutely. But those ones are just, but those challenges kind of, they just kind of diminish your energy too, because Mm. you're constantly just battling dude i'm just like i need prep days we can't have them i'm like well then how are we going to make those work you know you've just got to be realistic about expectations also and i think that's one a really strong point with both tanya and i because based on your expectations and what we have for budget and timing this is what we can do and Mm -hmm. and i love that we both speak up because we're like, yeah. there's no way we can do this in that amount of time unless we have X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And we're just, we're just, we put it out on the table and it's up to the production to decide. And, you know, it's, it, it does get frustrating, of course. And we just try to, you know, power through and make the magic happen, even if we don't have the resources that we need. Yeah. But it, as you say, it is, it, you need to speak out and just let them know what you need. Otherwise yeah. it just gets worse, I think. <laughs> It My does. famous line is, it's going to be great. Like, I, just, <laughs> I always just throw that in there. <laughs> it's going to be great. great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you say it enough times, you believe it, and yeah. then it all happens. <laughs> and everyone else will believe it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so where do you guys find inspiration, like, to keep your looks current and fresh and, like, creative? Where do you pull resources from? From each other, I think, like, yeah. you know, I, a lot of the time, just like seeing the wardrobe and, and get catching a vibe, and then I'll go and I'll just kind of start Googling what I think that vibe is, and then mm-hmm. start pulling 
pictures of, I mean, thank God for the internet. I can't imagine being a makeup artist, you know, when all this stuff wasn't available and you can get anything at any second, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. I've got to change it. Okay. How about this? (laughs) You know, that's cool. For inspiration for me, just doing hair, I try to take at least two or three classes a year and not necessarily here in Los Angeles, but travel or, or I have certain people that I constantly follow because, you know, in the past I've done platform work and I have a lot of friends within the industry as well. So I'm looking at Naha and I'm looking at how, you know, people are submitting for all of those different competitions. And what's really interesting is, and I, I do this quite often, is when, like, say I see a Naha submission and I know the person who did that. Um, like Delic, and I'll I'll reach out to Delic, and I go, hey, I'm really thinking about. Do you mind if I take a portion of this look? But mm-hmm. I just I'm, I'll give you info on it when I when I social and whatnot. But I also, how did you do that? Because I mm-hmm. haven't I, I haven't seen that, and I love the network of creatives because all you have to do is ask. If you mm-hmm. don't ask, you'll never know. And so mm-hmm. I do a lot of Instagram trolling and follow some of my really, you know, good hairdresser friends. And you see other things and, and I am constantly practicing on the mannequin head and just trying to, you know, figure new things out. And the thing with us is it's a live show. So you've got to practice because when you come to the table, you've got to be ready to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you've got to be ready. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. it. So what skills do you think are really important to have when you're designing shows like the ones you guys are doing? Flexibility, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think you just have to have the personality to be able to just kind of go with the flow, you know, like it's not all about you. You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of times, sometimes, unfortunately, you can meet people or or artists that it's all about me, 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 me. Look what I, you know, look at my work where I think that we always want to get to like not just an overall point of perfection, not just my makeup's great, but I, you know, cheated wardrobe and and hair time, you know, sort of a thing. But, you know, the thing too, that's why the 80-20 is really important because, you know, like if I, if I have something that I'm like, Tanya, I really want to do this. And she was like, cool, we'll work around it. We'll do this and this. And and Tanya will come to me and go, you know what? I love this new, I don't know, eye crystal. And I want to use that. I'm like, great. I'll give you the full forehead. I'll put everything back. (laughs) But that's what's really key is because sometimes when you ask people to be a little more flexible, some of them can get really agitated that mm-hmm. you want to change their creative. And we're like, yeah. come on, this is this is a collective group mm-hmm. of us. And that's what makes it so beautiful, honestly, because, you know, now, and I, I'll just use one, like we did a carnival look for So You Think You Can Dance. And, you know, Marina, who does wardrobe, because you know what, Dean, I'm, I'm going to do a really high feather collar. So I'd like to not have the hair down to mess it up. And I'm like, okay, so we'll, we'll focus on the top of the head. And I remember, because Tanya, you were jeweling the faces and you were like, I really have a lot of jewels that go on. I'm like, perfect. We'll keep every, we'll keep the whole face open. So now I have the direction where I need to build, you know, I'm going to use the top of the head. And that's my creative space. It's open. I know what the dance is, but I've worked with both of the departments and I want to make sure they're both happy with whatever and vice versa. If I'm like, yeah. you know what, I really want to try this long look. Can we do X, Y, and Z? And how, how, can, how can I prevent this braid from you know slapping somebody in the head? And wardrobe's like, oh my God, let me teach you how to do a swing stitch. I was like, what the hell is a swing stitch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm always open to learning too, because I mean, like, listen, I, I know how to do a whip stitch. That's about it. But, yeah. you know, anytime you can learn from other departments, that's really awesome too. Yeah. Well, I kind of love that about like, I feel like if you walk into a hair and makeup room there, you're definitely at some point in the day hearing a conversation about, hey, I love this because, you know, hey, have you tried this? You know, like always sharing information and bouncing ideas off each other. And I think there's a lot of that in our industry. And like I said, you just always learning. I, I learn something new every day about what I've been doing for, you know, over 20 years. No, I love it. And, you know, the thing too is we, I've day played on episodics and different types of shows. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm always shocked because I was, I was day playing on a show and I remember 
you know, because we chat with everybody. It's like, you know, we're very, we're very social people, hair, makeup, mm-hmm. wardrobe. And I remember I pulled up my set chair, you know, and I'm sitting by some of the makeup people and I was literally like reprimanded by the hair person. We do not talk to makeup. And I was like, how do you guys, how do you guys work? Like, honestly, how do you work together? You guys are like giving they side eye, dank eye. And I was like, oh my God, if Tanya ever did that to me, I'd be in the corner crying like the biggest well, I do that anyway. But I, I wouldn't be able to function. Like, I, like... I I need to like any I'm like I want to know about these people I've never met these these makeup people they're we do not sit with them and I was like yeah. oh my god you guys are mean girls it's so <laughs> bizarre I mean I I moved over from New Zealand and in New Zealand we do both hair and makeup so to come here and then have to choose and then Ooh. see some departments yeah so separate and just like what how I don't understand yeah. and yeah you I would go to set and the makeup people would be over there and the hair people would be over there and they'd really keep in their little clicks and I was like yeah I was always the hair person that was hanging around the makeup people wow. and going back and forth and all that type of stuff so I completely understand where you're at with that I've always found it so bizarre because it is such a yeah. cohesive thing it's just it's all one situation it's so bizarre. you gotta work together that's mm. what it's about it's so much more fun so <laughs> much more <laughs> And Tanya sees me cry more than anybody else. I'm just going to put it out there already. Oh my god! Because <laughs> if there's an emotion, listen. If there's an emotional dance, I'm crying, and she's like, "Pull your shit together, Dean." I'm like, "I can't. That was beautiful." And she's like, "And she even knows." She goes, "I bet Dean's crying right now. Give me twenty bucks. I bet you." I'm like, so not was, emotional, so I can was, like spot it a mile away. <laughs> you could be was, his. You could do a crying cam. Have a crying camera ready for whenever oh. a, a tear is going to fall from no, Dean's eye. Trust me, I, I'm. I like. I don't know. It's just me. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but it. we are like we are like set husband and wife. We see each other so much, and we know so much about each other's life, and that's what's really important too. Because they, you know, we. Listen, we have one life to live and work should be fun and educational and everything else as well. And that's why I love working with Tanya. Well, we know how to be each other's like sounding boards where it's like you just have to get shit off your chest real quick. And it's like, okay, I just need to shut up and listen and, you know, being like, it's going to be great, as I always say. (laughs) Or vice versa. There's been, you know, plenty of times where you've had to talk me off a ledge where I'm just like, oh, I can't deal anymore. And you're like, listen, it's going to be fine. Like sometimes you just need people to just say it's going to be okay. Yeah, Tony's like, you're being a bit of a dick today. Are you okay? What's going on? Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but that's what makes it important, and I think that's that's why we work so well together, and we genuinely love each other, and we want to make sure that we have great experiences. Yeah, it's important. That's awesome, especially when you're doing those kind of hours, and yeah, absolutely. So, can we choose a a tool or a product that you would never want to work without? Can you narrow it down for me, guys? I know my product. Go ahead. Yeah, what is that? Go do it. Well, because I had the opportunity to help develop a product called the InStyler, and it is literally, and I'm not saying it just because I was part of creating it, but the three-quarter inch iron literally has saved me on every single dance show. Because, you know, the thing that really has, that really is a big issue for hair is you curl it, you set it. But then after a while, it starts to drop. Mm -hmm. But I've always felt like when I use that three-quarter inch, it just locks the hair in. And all I really need to do is freshen it up with either backcombing or just ruffle it up. But that is definitely a must-have tool because I know if I have that, I can can achieve like four to seven different looks just from that one tool, which is key for me. Nice. There you go. Winning. And it's available on Bed Bath & Beyond, right? Bed Bath & Beyond. But Bed Bath & Beyond, Alta Target, Walmart, Sears, available on Amazon Prime, wherever you need to get it. Just saying. (laughs) And it's the only thing that my hair will set and actually curl. I have the worst hair when it comes to trying to do anything with it and that is the only iron that will actually leave a curl in my head all day nice so is that your product as well tonya or uh, no, for hair no for makeup i think something i couldn't live without is my color science corrector palettes i feel like if there's anything you you can't get knocked down you know like a a capillary or of you know a vein or a, a blemish or 
birthmark that just keeps kind of bleeding through your concealer and your your Mm -hmm. foundation, you can just always guarantee that a little tap in there on top of it will totally cancel out anything that you're fighting against. Those two color palettes are our color correctors are definitely something I pull out every single day. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So who would you guys like to hear on the podcast? I am a huge fan of Gail Ryan. Brilliant. I just love how she constructs how she said she's got a lot of wisdom. I love it, Tonya. I think Vinia would be interesting. You know, she's got such a, a large arsenal of looks and films and stuff that she's done that it's, you know, c- character, beauty. You know, she's been a judge on a show, so she's been on the other side of the camera. You know, it'd be kind of interesting to see all of those different aspects and, and how she feels about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. This has been so much fun chatting with you and educational, I have to say. Oh, you learned <laughs> Thanks something? for having us. Tell me what you learned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, it's just hearing It's just hearing how these shows work because I've never worked on them. And obviously it's very different. So, I yeah, it's fascinating to me. It's funny because this is the only format I've ever worked in, you know, besides right. day playing here and there, you know, I, I, this is just what I know. So I realize how foreign a lot of the stuff we do is when new people come in or come onto the team where it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, you can do it. You're going to be great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Very cool. For links to see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks Podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.